Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. For those that were here last week, you recognize our theme there, and say our theme together with me out loud. Three, two, three to thrive. Sit in one, serve in one, share in one. We talked about that last week, and if you were not here last week and you missed that service, I'd encourage you to go back, I don't say this often, uh, but to go back on our Facebook page or our uh, sermon archives, our podcast, maybe while you're working out or on a walk or driving to work this week, and listen to that. The reason I say that is we we introduced and talked about some really important things um, that we're introducing that are coming to our church family in the coming years, I'm sorry, the coming weeks, and, uh, and I want all of our church to know about it. It is rare that you do something with a church schedule or a church program that impacts everybody's regular Sunday schedule. And to be honest, as a pastor, it's a little risky to do because people like their routines and people like their schedules. And we announced that launching on Easter, we're going to be starting a new service schedule that literally every person that attends our church, um, whether in the English service, the Spanish service, the children's ministries, your Sunday routine is going to look a little different uh, at Liberty. And, and so we talked about that last week, and now um, today and the next two Sundays, we're going to be um, breaking down each piece of these, one on a practical level, just so that we're all on the same page. Again, um, for me, I was talking with our staff on Monday. I've been working on these things and praying about this and, and uh, looking at logistics and things um, for months, and some of this I've been considering and talking and seeking counsel for a couple of years. So the details of it, I understand. And if I'm not careful, I think, well, I introduced it on Vision Sunday, everybody's got all of it. But we're going to take uh, four weeks, last week and then today and two more Sundays, to really talk about each piece of this on a practical level, what it looks like, but then also on a biblical and philosophical level. Why do these things matter? Why are we introducing uh, this theme? And really, we talked last week how this theme is not a change of our, our function. It's not a change of our purpose. Um, our, we showed you how these three things fit into our purpose that I cover every January. But why are we placing such an emphasis? You can see it on the walls there, sit in one, serve in one, share in one. Because biblically, the Bible teaches that these things are vital for a Christian to be thriving in their Christian life and in their church involvement. These are not just some strategy that we came up with or we read in a book somewhere. These are truths from Scripture. And so, if, you, if we missed you last week, I'm going to ask the ushers if you'll be ready with those booklets. If we missed you last week with one of the Vision Sunday booklets, it looks like this. You did not receive this. They're going to walk through, or if you got it and you forgot it and you lost it or you threw it away and you'd like it because it has a lot of details of what's coming up this year in our church. It's, I think, 16 or 20 pages. Slip your hand up. The ushers will come all the way down to the front and make their way back. We want to make sure I'm going to do this every week for the next two weeks, make sure everybody has one of these and that they'll keep and be able to refer to because it gives a lot of the details. And so if, you, if we missed you um, with the booklet there, guys, are we doing the booklet uh, on the booklet? And then secondly, I'm going to ask them, uh, 
if we missed anybody with the commitment card, I'm going to make sure that we pass this out in two weeks from today. And so ushers, I kind of confused everybody. Once you get done with the booklet, come back through for the commitment card. And if you're missing either one, just slip your hand up and tell the usher which one you want. Um, but two weeks from today, we're going to have the Three to Thrive uh, Commitment Sunday. And again, this is obviously between you and the Lord, but what this is going to do what we don't want to have happen, we're going to be started launching two Sunday morning services. We don't want 90% of our church family to choose one or the other, and the other one is empty. And so we'd like to have an idea, and then with planning for volunteers and kids' classes and community groups, how many people are planning to go to which one is going to help us to serve you better. And so if we've missed you with this, you don't need to turn this in today. We want you to pray about it as we're preaching through this this week and the next two. And then we'll have, uh, on February 4th and February 11th, we'll have some Commitment Sundays. Well, you're, you'll turn this in. Um, and this is, if maybe you're not serving in an area right now, or you're interested in serving in a different area, you'll mark this, and then that ministry leader will be able to reach out to you and talk to you about what's involved in that, and you can make a decision if that's something that works for you. Um, a community group leader can reach out to you, and we can make plans. We talked about it last week. That those on that day, for everyone in the family that comes, including kids, on that day when you turn in your commitment card, we have t-shirts that are made. And it says on the front, Liberty Baptist Church. And on the back, this one says, join me at, at the 9 a.m. service. And so that is Team Tan there. Don't be giving amens. Don't be trying to pull people to your team already. I saw somebody back there, heard somebody back there, DJ. And then this one is Team Blue, 1045. And, uh, and so I said this last week, do not choose the service you're going to based on the t-shirt color you like better, okay? <laughs> Figure out where it works best for your family with sitting, serving, sharing. And we talked about that. Um, and, and this morning, what we're going to look at, this morning we're going to look at sit in one. Sit in one. And we're going to look at, and that is what sit in one is, is a weekly gathering of God's people in this worship service. And, and we're challenging, just as we always have, for you to be faithful to the gatherings of the work of God here at Liberty. Why? And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But do you know this idea of gathering together as Christians, again, is, is not man's idea. This is God's idea. It's found in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. The pattern is all through there. And we're going to talk this morning about, we're going to be launching on Easter Sunday, March 31st, at Sundays, Sundays at 9 a.m. and 1045. And we're going to talk this morning about sit in one, gathering together. What's the purpose? What should be happening when you come to church on Sunday? Why do we do that? And some things about that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter number 10, if you will. Hebrews chapter number 10. We're going to look at a few verses this morning in Hebrews chapter number 10. I did this last week just to help us understand and kind of see the sit in one, serve in one, share in one, what that looks like in different people, because for everyone, it's going to be a little bit different. For some people, they're going to be serving in an in a, in a area that meets, like they come down on Friday mornings and they help out with something in the auditorium or they volunteer in the school office and their service each week is going to be totally separate from our gathering times. Every person's going to look a little different, but the challenge is for us to go from casual Christian consumers to committed Christian contributors. What I mean by that, when I say contributor, we always think of money, and giving is a part of the Christian life. God, Jesus spoke much of our giving, but I'm not talking about giving money to the church necessarily or primarily. I'm talking about someone that views themselves as a part of the body of Christ that is contributing to the health of the body of Christ. 
Um, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul speaks much of that. He's the one that uses that analogy of a physical body and the church body, what we call the body of Christ, the church. So we want to go from casual spectators to committed contributors. And, and so that's what this is about, is challenging each of us, how is our commitment level to the things of God in our lives and to the work of God, not so that we can build some kingdom here on earth, but so that we can grow in our love and relationship with God, and He can use us to spread the gospel of Christ all around Orange County and throughout the United States and around the world. That is what our purpose is. And so last week I gave you a few examples, I had a few volunteers come up, and let me get Andy Come on up. I, I thought of you because I was thinking of somebody on the youth team. And uh, then is there somebody that serves in first impressions that's willing to come on up here for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, first impressions? If not, I'll call you because I saw you out there. And I know, I know who is out there. She's looking around. She's trying not to come. She's looking behind her. Who's going to come? Oh, Lindsay, are you not coming? All right, here she comes. She volunteered there. I did not force her at all. There was no guilt there at all. And then live stream. And I know there are people that work live stream that are not currently up there running the live stream. So is there somebody sitting down here that works the live stream that's willing to come on up? And all right, Karen, come on down. And I just wanted to show us again how this will look for different people. I apologize for my voice, and I hope if it gets too bad, I'll just rush through my message so you don't have to suffer with this. I was thinking about Andy. So Andy serves on the youth team. He leads uh, music on Wednesday evenings for the youth team, right? And then he also, of course, serves on the music team here on Sunday mornings. But I put here for Andy, and he may choose at 1045. Um, I'm not sure if, if the music team will be going to choir practice or what, but he might find another place to serve. But he might choose to sit at 9 a.m. So he plays music, and just like right now, he goes to sit in this service. He sits at 9 a.m. I want to remind us in this sit-in-one message Every person should be attending a worship service where they're singing together, praying together, hearing preaching. There should be no one serving every service. We are not, we are, we, we, we are not, we do not have infinite energy and resources and spiritual. We all need to be preached to. We all need to receive the word and then we can give the word. And so, and then we have, uh, so Andy would sit maybe at 9 a.m., 10.45, maybe serve. Wednesday night he would serve as well because he serves in the youth, uh, kids, um, youth group uh, with music. And then Thursday night is his community group. He helps uh, lead the young adults. That's his community group. So we said three to thrive. We joked about it last week. For Andy, it's four to soar. So he's got four spots and he's going above and beyond most of us, all right? Andy's going to be a really good Christian. And, uh, and and so he's got that. And then we can go to the uh, First Impressions team. And Lindsay uh, and, and the First Impressions, they're going to be here 8.45, 8.30, ready as we're coming in, welcoming us, greeting us. And that First Impressions team, may some of them would stay out there during that whole hour as people are coming and going, and then stay there, and then, like she does now, slide in at 10.45, and as she does now, comes to our, um, our parenting group on Wednesday nights. So she would serve at 9, sit at 10.45, and again, they may swap this, but this is an example and then share on Wednesday and then live stream. I don't know when you're normally scheduled um, and the new schedule will come out, but I have you right now coming to sit at the 9 a.m., serve at the 1045. I want to say this. My son, TJ, he runs slides every Sunday morning. And, and I've told him and I've told those that run that, I don't want him running slides every Sunday night. 
Because when you're running slides, you are hearing the message, but you're also thinking about, you are singing some, but you're also thinking about what's the next slide to push. Those live stream guys, they're up there maybe hearing some of what I'm saying, but they're also talking on headsets. All right, switch to this camera and go there and zoom in there and what, where's that slide there? And they're, they're talking down to the sound booth. And so there's not an undistracted, let me just learn and grow and receive. So even though a live stream person would be be in both services, the first one, uh, or the first one, maybe you're sitting, second one, you're serving, and then uh, sharing, you share on Thursday nights um, with young adults, uh, but also Wednesday nights, I'll let you three be seated there. The reason I use that is, again, just to show us there is not a formula for everyone. The challenge is for you to look at your life, look at your giftings, look at your passions, look at your schedule, and figure out how can we take the next step of involvement in our church family. I said it last week, if you're right now coming to one service, can you, can you jump into a community group or jump into a service team? If you're doing two, can you jump into three? And, and this sounds like, well, what are you getting out of this, Pastor? Honestly, I guess I'm getting joy seeing people serve, but this is my biblical responsibility. The Bible says that God has given you pastors to equip you for the work of the ministry. It's not about what I'm getting or the church is getting out of it. You will not thrive in your Christian life as you could and even as you should by just kind of sliding in, receiving content, leaving, and never growing in fellowship, never using what you've learned to impact others, never serving, never sharing, never laughing, never praying together, crying together. That is God's plan. Let's read Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 25. Hebrews 10, let's read verse number 25 aloud together. The writer of Hebrews here in the New Testament, Hebrews 10, verse 25, let's read it together. Ready? Begin. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but exhorting one another. The church, we use the word church, and I've told you this before, the church is not a building, it's a people. The Greek word that is translated church in our English Bible, that Greek word is ekklesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. That word ekklesia, you'll find even this some in the Old Testament, some parallels, but in the New Testament, that Greek word ekklesia, it means a called out assembly. By its very name, church, it's, it's a group of people, an assembly of people that are called out. We're called out from the world. We're called out from our sin. We're called unto Christ. We're a group of people. The very name itself uh, has the connotation of we need to gather together. We need to assemble, ecclesia, we need to assemble, a called out assembly. As a church, we see it here and there are other places in the New Testament. We are commanded not to forsake the assembling. We are commanded to assemble. It is God's plan for his people to gather together each week, not to be entertained, but to grow, to learn, to serve, to worship, to pray, to be changed. What are some things, by way of introduction, what are some things that should happen in our assemblies? By the way, there are all kinds of different flavors and styles of church assemblies happening today, church services all around the country, and there are all kinds of things being done in the name of the Lord. What does the Bible teach should be happening in our assemblies? When you gather together with your church, this is not an exhaustive list, but we see a few things. Number one, that we should be reading the Bible. 
We should be reading the Bible. It's one reason, Pastor Sammy, in the song service, he read some scripture and had us read together. We read in Revelation just now. We read Hebrews 10 together. It's why I encourage you um, to bring a copy of God's Word, or if you have it on your phone or your tablet, or to use one in the pew rack. It's why almost always my main passage that we go through, I don't put up on the screens. Now, you can read it there, and it's not wrong if a church does that. For me, I like to keep people in the habit of looking down, and if they're in their phone or tablet or in their Bible, underlining or making notes or seeing it for themselves. Why? Because the Bible says give attendance to reading when you come together. We ought to be reading the Bible. Secondly, we should be preaching the Bible. And I make this, I've made this commitment to you, and I'm not always perfect on this. I'm, I'm human and I fail. But I've made a commitment. I'm going to do my very best to rightly divide the word of truth. If you'll commit to plug into liberty, to rightly divide the word of truth, and to preach the whole counsel of God. And when we're walking through a book, if it comes to a hard subject, we're not going to skirt around it. If it comes to a subject that goes against culture, we're going to, we're going to preach truth no matter what culture says. Whatever the Bible says, that's what we're going to stand on. And I, I've tried to be faithful in that. Uh, one of my goals is, if God would give me about 25 years to pastor here, is that before uh, I'm done, that I would preach through every book of the Bible verse by verse systematically. That'll be a tough goal to accomplish, but it's one of my prayers and my goals. I want to have, now we've already actually in a, on a big survey view covered the entire Bible in our Journey Through the Word series that took about 80, 80 weeks, 80 messages. We went through the whole Bible on a survey level, but I want to take us through those things. I'm committed to expositional and at many often systematic uh, walking through a book. Not exclusively, there are times we have topical series where we're still expositing scripture, but, but what should be happening in a church is preaching the Word, not man's opinions. Not man's preferences, not man's traditions, not my soapbox, not my political commentary for what made me mad this week because I got my tax bill or whatever it might have been. Preach the Word. You can find all of that in other places. In God's house, we ought to be opening the Word and unashamedly, rightly dividing, preaching the whole counsel of God. Not only that, but we ought to be praying the Bible. You'll find that in 1 Timothy two and three, and we pray together, and we pray according to Scripture and according to His will. Number four, sing the Bible. Janie, your husband, gave me an article a few years ago, we are, you are what you sing, talking about we don't just sing a few songs to fill some time because, again, Pastor Ryan doesn't have enough uh, uh, words to say to fill up the time. You know that's not true. <laughs> you know I've got plenty. I go too long often. Uh, but, but. It's not just, well, let's fill up some time, let's, we need placeholders there, let's sing a few songs. No, what are we doing through our singing? Why do we want you to sing joyfully and sing out? We're learning doctrine, we're learning Bible truth. Today there is a fountain filled with blood. The, the, the choir saying, this blood, worthy is the Lamb, Revelation. Today what did we do? Crown Him with many crowns. We're talking about the majesty and the glory and the, who, who God the Father is and the Son, and at times we sing about the Spirit and what's happening. There's doctrine, there's teaching, there's Bible that's being planted into our hearts because we're singing the Bible. And I don't mean we're, sometimes we do sing songs that come directly from the Bible. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, that's directly from the Bible. Um, sometimes we do those things, but other times it's biblical truth and doctrine and things that come from that. We, we sing the Bible. We come not just to go through religious motions, but to do that, number five, to see the Bible. What do I mean by that? 
The two ordinances of the church, baptism and Lord's Supper, what are those doing? Those are pictures. Uh, we have someone um, getting baptized after dismissal today. We, we had a Lord's Supper a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now. We had communion. What, what are those pictures? What are those things? Those are reminding us of the gospel, both of those. Communion, what does it do? It reminds us of the death and sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. What does baptism do? It reminds us the gospel is still changing lives. It, it reminds us of the death, the burial, the resurrection. So why do we gather? We gather for, for, and there are more reasons, but we gather. We gather to read the Bible. We gather to preach the Bible. We gather to pray the Bible, to sing the Bible, to see the Bible through the ordinances, baptism and communion. And what happens every week as, as our lives get worn down and, and we get distracted and, and the cares of this world come and our flesh fails, we come back together and we are reminded of the truths of Scripture. We're reminded that we're not alone in this thing, that there are other people trying to follow the same thing and believe the same in the same God, and we're trying to help one another and encourage one another. The assembly of God is not just some entertainment value. Well, I did some spiritual thing. I'm giving God an hour of my week. No, it is a weekly reminder and a weekly exercise, whatever the word is, a weekly discipline where we're growing in Christ. I talked about this last week. Because of all that should be happening in a service, and, and just because I believe that a biblical church is a generational church, there are multiple generations serving and worshiping together, I believe that those of us that have school-aged children, <coughs> at age-appropriate times, we ought to be bringing them into service with us to do these things. In our current format, that's on Sunday evening. Sunday evenings, we only have children's ministries from, I think, four or five and below. Basically, once they're school age, where they can sit in school, we say they can come sit for an hour, hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes in a service. Why is that? Because I want to make your life miserable where your kids are fidgeting and, and struggling and, and trying to keep their, their attention? No. Why that is, is because I think it's really important for kids to see mom and dad singing. And for kids to see mom and dad listening to preaching, and for kids to see mom and dad taking notes in the Bible, and for, for mom and dad to be able to talk to kids after church about what you learned, and what does the Bible teach here, and for kids to learn to worship and to sing, and for kids to see other generations. I love our kids' ministry. Pastor Caleb and that kids' team is amazing. They do a wonderful job. Two of my kids are in there right now. I'm thankful for all that happens there on Sunday morning, but I don't want the first time my children hear their pastor preach, and my children uh, worship with their family to be when they're 14 or 15 or 16 or 17. So I talked about this last week. One of my challenges to you in this Three to Thrive is that, that you would, there will be 9 a.m. and 1045 service, that you wouldn't just choose one of those, but that you would be here for both of those. And at one of them, you may be going to a community group or you may be serving on a team. And the other one, you'd be sitting in a worship service. And whatever, if you have school-aged children, whatever worship service you're sitting in, I'd encourage you to have your kids with you in that one. And then when you go to a community group or when you go to serve, you put your kids in the kids' class for that hour. So they would still be going to kids' class, and then they'd be worshiping with their family. Now, for the kids that are five and under, we're going to have two different classes in different locations with different teachers. When I say locations, different classrooms with different teachers, with different um, games and activities, with different lessons. So they're not just going to be hearing the same thing two hours in a row uh, for those ones. But for the older ones, the goal is, and by the way, for teenagers, the goal is that our teens 
We're going to have teen classes, I think probably at both hours. I know last week I said one, we talked about it with our staff, and we're working to make it at both hours. That's not going to be the full youth group, that's on Wednesday night, that's going to be a teen community group at both hours, and what we want is teenagers to be sitting with their family, worshiping, sitting in one, and then they can share in one, go to that class, or many of you teens, find an area to serve, if it's all right with your parents, and and find a way to serve in one of those hours. Why? Because we shouldn't just be getting serious about worshiping and reading the Bible and preaching the Bible and praying the Bible and singing the Bible and seeing the Bible and serving. We shouldn't just be getting serious once we're 18 or 22 or 24 or 30 or once I have kids. So regarding our commitment to the assembling of the church, I want you to consider four things as we launch this new schedule. And here's what I want to encourage you in your commitment to the gathering, the assembly, the command here in Hebrews, forsake, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I want to challenge you in four ways regarding your commitment to the gathering or assembling of your church. Number one, I want to challenge you to be faithful, not sporadic. In my experience, personally, and in working with people in 23 years, almost 24 years of vocational ministry, The two disciplines or the two things that will grow you the most in your Christian walk and in your Christian growth and in your discipleship and learning of God and becoming more like Christ, the two things that will do that is daily time in the Bible and weekly gathering with a church. Those, that is, that is by far where I have grown the most. My daily time in God's word and my weekly gathering for now 30 going to be 30, I guess, six years in a few months. For 36 years, I told you last week, I don't know why, but my mom and I got invited to church when I was nine, and her coworker invited us, and we went. And I don't know why after that, but my mom just decided three to thrive. Oh, if they have open service, we're going to go. And that had not been her habit for her whole life. She had never done that. But as a young single mom, probably around the age of 30, 31, she began to bring her nine-year-old son, and we went every time, and we began to sit in one, and we began to serve in one, and we began to... I went to what the, the, the small group. I went to Sunday school. I went to kids class. I went to children's church. We began to share in one. We began to build friendships and relationships. And now some 36 years later, my mom's still a member of that church, still plugged in there. And I'm still a member of this church plugged in here. And much of my growth as a Christian was a commitment to the weekly services of our church. The songs that I learned, the Bible truth that I learned, the, the scripture that I memorized, much of it was done and, 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 at, at, with the commitment of gathering with our church. Sadly, the frequency of the um, uh, average church member, uh, the, the frequency of attendance of the average church member is declining. Studies have shown that a church with an average attendance of 100 people has to replace 32 of those people every year just to stay at 100. 32% turnover is the average in America. I think ours is a little lower than that, but that's the average. Where do those numbers come from? About 10 of those 32 are from death and moving. The, the, if you just look at the national death rate and then the average um, mobility rate of people that are moving to another city or county or state each year, that, that equates to about 10% turnover every year in the average church. Seven of those, about 7% is to transferring to another church in the community. 
I transferred to another church from Northern California to here, but I've been saved for 35 years. I've been a part of two churches. God does move people from one church to another for a variety of reasons at times, but much of what that is, it is because we do not view the church as a family, but as a business from which we are consumers. And when they're no longer offering what we want, or they don't give us the service that we need, we're going to go find the next one. God wants this to be, it's the picture of a human body. We are members of the body. We are not consumers again. We are part of the family. Seven of those a year on average, seven out of every hundred. So if you had a church of 200, you'd need 64 new people just to stay even. And you can do the math all the way through. If you had a church of a thousand, you'd need 320 people just to stay even. And then 15% of that, 15 of those 100 on average are because of declining attendance frequency. Every year, 15% of the average church family is going to church less, according to studies. Sam Rayner wrote this. He said, a phenomenon is impacting churches across the United States. Maybe your church is an anomaly. But most churches, regardless of size and denominational affiliation, are experiencing a decrease in attendance frequency. He didn't say attendance numbers. There are many churches, including ours, we'll talk about it tonight at our victory night. I hope you'll be back tonight. You'll see um, uh, what happened last year, and it was a record-breaking year in many ways. many different areas of our church. We have a full 20, 20 or 24-page booklet that you'll receive tonight that gives a breakdown of all that took place last year. Tonight we'll vote on some new deacons, and we'll present the new budget, and vote on that, and we'll have a, a meal for everybody as a thank you for all that you've done tonight at 5 o'clock over in the community center. And you'll see tonight that our church increased, and so some churches are increasing in attendance, but what Sam said is, regardless of size and denominational affiliation, we're experiencing a decrease in attendance frequency. Attendance frequency measures how often a person comes to church. For example, an active member was once considered someone who came twice or even three times a week. Today, an active member is considered someone who comes twice a month. Many reasons exist for this decline, from travel sports to the demise of cultural Christianity. Not every reason is bad. Some may be inching their way into the church for the first time. Others may be returning to church after years of being gone. People don't jump back into the church, he said. They tiptoe. However, in most cases, it's congregants fading away that is the issue. As the pastor, I am commanded to feed the flock of God. And may I just say, in order to do that, the sheep have to show up for feeding times. I have a command to feed the flock of God. You have a command to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so do I, by the way. And I just want to challenge you. As we move into 2023, if you've been a little sporadic in your commitment to the gathering of your local church, let's make that a priority. As much as within me, unless I'm providentially hindered. And by the way, I miss on average, when I say miss, I'm in other churches, but I miss services here on average four to six Sundays a year. Usually two of those are family vacation. Um, one or two of those is usually international on a missions trip with one of our missionaries or, or taking a group there. And then usually one or two of those is where I'll give a Sunday to a special Sunday of a, a pastor friend where they're having something special and they've asked me to come in. And so I get it. I'm not, this is not a guilt trip. If you miss church, you must not love God. If you're on business, pastor said you're a, you're a heathen. If you go on vacation, you don't, you don't love Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when, when it, should, it should be that if we're gone from church, people are like, oh, where's so-and-so? Because we're plugged into the life of the church. 
And, and my challenge to you from, from right here, what did it say? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What is that that is faithful, not sporadic? Secondly, I would challenge you from verse 24, the verse above it, I would challenge you in this year to be in person, not online. Verse 24. Would you read verse 24 aloud with me? Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 24. Ready? Begin. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. How are you going to do that? By the way, there's, a one, there's two one another's in just like these three or four verses talking about the assembling of ourselves. In verse 24, consider one another. In verse 25, exhorting one another. You can go through, it says, pray for one another. The Bible says, weep with them that do weep. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Bear ye one another's burdens. Talking to a church family, talking to believers, bear ye one another's burdens. How are we going to exhort one another and consider one another and pray for one another and bear ye one another's burdens if we're not gathering together? If we're not seeing each other, if we're not communicating, if we're not fellowshipping, and by the way, you say if you believe that, then why do we have the live stream? I'm thankful for technology, and I'm thankful there are people at times that have sickness in the family. They're in hospitals, they're traveling, they're in other countries. I'm thankful that that can be a tool to supplement, so you're not, we had somebody uh, that visited for the first time, they're here this morning, I think it was two weeks ago, their first visit, they walked out, they said, we found our new church. We love what we see and what we hear here. They weren't there last Sunday. They came back in today, said we were gone last Sunday, but 9 a.m. is our service. We were listening to the whole thing. We're going to join the 9 a.m. service. And they were watching online. Well, I'm thankful that when we're sick, we have that option, but let, there, is, you, there is, it is not the same to be online as it is in person. Again, the assembling of ourselves together. We can't consider one another as well. We can't exhort one another as well. We can't can't bear one another's burdens as well when we're not seeing each other, gathering together. There, you all know when we went in COVID, we went to online for six weeks, it's not the same. Especially because your kids are driving you crazy in the living room and you're trying to watch the live stream. You're like, forget this, Pastor Ryan, you're talking too long. And you can just turn me off. You just turn the TV off when you don't want to listen to me anymore. Right now you have to at least act like you're listening to me. But you know there are things that are not, the singing is not the same. By the way, the Bible, again, one another, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, writing to a church. You know, there's something about, I, I looked over and saw a pastor's wife and pastor's daughter, mom and daughter over here while we're singing, worthy is the lamb, both of them, their hands raised. You know what it did? It encouraged me. They encouraged me with their worship to God this morning. If I were at home watching, and I'm not, I'm not against whoever's watching online, you're not a bad person, all right? We love you. Whatever your reason. Come back next Sunday if, if you're providentially able, if you're physically able. But you, you don't get that at home. I watched it. I was sitting here this morning, and, and we were singing, and Moira and Tilden were walking in on that first song and came and sat right here. And I watched Moira scoot down the row and go give Glory a little hug right there and then come back to her seat. You can't do that at home. These are the things we need each other. So I want to challenge you. I'm not against online where, where it's needed, but don't just say, well, I don't feel like going. I'll catch the podcast. I'm thankful for podcasts. I'm thankful for content. God wants us to assemble. My challenge to you is sit in one. I know this is really basic and elementary, but it would transform your Christian life if you would take these three areas and plug into them. Online is never the same as being there in person. How many of you, you put a fireplace like this on at Christmas time? 
on the TV. How many of you play this on the TV while Christmas music is? Any of you, you put something like that on? Christmas music is playing, you're in there baking cookies. Isn't that beautiful? The lights are shining. It's great. It's great for one sense, one of your senses. It's, it helps you visually. But you know, you can't smell the fire, can you? And you can't feel the fire, can you? There's no, you don't get that sound of the crackle and pop, and you don't get the warmth, and you don't get the, the, uh, the coal burn in your carpet right there as the thing jumps out of the fire. It's just not the same. Now, it's great. It's not bad. We, my wife puts these, this on at TV around Christmas time. It's not a bad thing to do, but it's not the same. We've lived in a couple homes that are wood-burning fireplaces. It's not the same as feeling the warmth of that fireplace. It's not the same of the fun of just sitting there kind of watching the wood and putting it in, building it yourself. And may I say, online versus in-person church is kind of the same. It's not this, you don't feel the warmth. Now, you can see what's happening, but you don't hear everybody singing around you. You don't feel the warmth. It's, it's okay for one of your senses, but it's not best. Somebody said, Pastor Ryan, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. To which I would say, you don't have to go home to be married either, but it sure helps the relationship. No, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you're going to want to gather. With, if, you're, if you're a thriving Christian, you want to gather with your church family. The one another's in the Bible. You miss all of that personal interaction that, that gathering has to the fellowship, which is scriptural. And by the way, you, more than just receiving Bible teaching uh, from your weekly gatherings, but smiling at each other, interacting with each other, encouraging each other, tr- finding somebody you don't know and encouraging them. You never know. I, I was meeting with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they said, we loved your church, and they named Javen as an usher. When he came in, he said this, and he made us feel so welcome. You never know what you saying something to someone that's coming in for the first time or maybe coming in for the hundredth time, but their heart is burdened and weary. You never know what that might do. I saw this tweet a while back, and it said, uh, my husband has three rules of engagement when we go to church. An alone person in our gathering is an emergency. Friends can wait. Introduce a newcomer to someone else. Let's all be missionaries at church today. I love that thought. When you come in, instead of only talking to the people you talk to every week, find somebody sitting by themselves. Find somebody you don't know and say, I know I've seen you here, but I haven't met you yet. And then introduce them to someone else. And what is that? That is us growing the body of Christ together. So not only faithful, not sporadic, in person, not online. And by the way, on in person, again, you never know what you might do. Gabe, uh, you and Britt had friends here last week, childhood friends, the Fosters. They saw me in the lobby, and I know them. They serve in one of our missionary partners, the Hope Children's Home. And I saw them. I said, I'm so glad you're here in the lobby. And here's what they said. They said, and they had just made it to the lobby. The service hadn't even started yet. And they said, we've been blown away. The parking team and the first impressions, they didn't call first impressions, but the first impressions team and the greeters, we've been talked to and welcomed already like five or six times. And here's what she said. This might be the friendliest church I've ever been to. You can't do that from home. And we impacted and encouraged some Christian servants last Sunday without even knowing it, just by being welcoming, talking to people. Let's not, not, so faithful, not sporadic, in person, not online. And now I'm going to, I told you I'm committed to rightly dividing the word and preaching the whole counsel of God. And now I'm going to go away from the Bible and meddle a little bit right here with some opinions. All right. Number three, on time, not late. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking right up here. I won't look at anyone during this whole point. Some of you are like, I walked in late today. I'm glad you're here. I'd rather you be late than not here at all. 
But I challenge you. You know, it's often we all get in, in this, we all get in our rhythms, don't we? And you know, whatever time you get to church here every week is probably the time you get to church here every week. I get here every week right about 930. And when I get here, there's always the same people that are already here before me. And there's people, the choir's here and Diana's class is here and people are setting up cameras and the donuts are out and people are the same, almost always the same people are sitting out in the courtyard enjoying some fellowship with some donuts and some coffee. And so if your rhythm is that you're just always five minutes late, well, just change that rhythm. Just figure out how to start making that five minutes early and get here early. Why? Again, it's not for my sake, but it does, I believe, show a priority, number one. But I believe your time at church would drastically change for the better if you got in the habit of coming 15 minutes early and staying 15 minutes after the service and using that 30 minutes to talk to people, to get to know people, to go drink some coffee, to see somebody and say, hey, let's chat for a minute. How are things going? Can I pray with you? And instead of just sliding in, listening, sliding out, coming a little bit early and staying a little bit late for fellowship. I am meddling a little bit, but that's biblical. Fellowship is biblical. Encouraging one another, exhorting one another is biblical. So I want to challenge you. You know that most of the time, and some of you are just habitually late to everything in your life, and, and that's, that's a bigger problem that you've got you've to assess in your own life. But you know, most of the time for most of us, we're on time for the things that really matter to us. If we have an important business meeting, we're not going to be late to that. If we have a special anniversary dinner with reservations at a nice restaurant, we're going to be there a few minutes early to make sure we don't lose our reservation. We're going to map it out on GPS and leave with a little extra time. If we're going to the airport, now maybe somebody missed a plane this week because they were late, but I know for me, if I'm going to the airport, Ashlyn flew back to to, to college yesterday. Her flight left Long Beach at 10.10. And, and somebody was saying, what time should she leave? And I told her I would leave at 8. It was Saturday morning, no traffic. Probably from our house, Long Beach Airport's only 45 minutes. But to me, getting there at 8.45, she should be there by 9, 9.15, right, for a 10.10 flight. I'd rather have 20 or 30 minutes of buffer. Why? It's important not to miss the flight. Several years ago, maybe a decade ago now, my father-in-law, well, maybe more than that, I should do the math. Whenever George W. Bush was president, however long ago that was, maybe longer than that, 15 years ago, whatever, whenever, some point when he was president, my father-in-law was invited to a meeting uh, in D.C. with about 50 other pastors to meet a, a faith coalition thing that George W. Bush was wanting to meet with some pastors from across the country. And he invited my father-in-law to come, and my father-in-law asked his assistant if he could bring um, me and my two brother-in-laws, who were pastors on the staff there of his church, and they said yes. And so the four of us, we were going out to meet uh, with about 50 others <clears throat> in a meeting for a couple of hours with President Bush. And, and you know what we did? for that meeting, you know what we did? We lined up a flight the day before. We didn't want to risk that our flight would get delayed. We flew in the day before. And we flew in and we got a hotel. You know what we did that morning in the hotel? We set multiple alarms because we didn't want to oversleep. And I don't remember what time we had to be at the Eisenhower Executive Office building, but whatever time it was, let's say it was 10, we left our hotel at 8 and got there by like 8.30 and, and stood around for an hour. Why? Because we didn't want to miss whenever they were going to walk us through security. Why? It was a pretty special thing to be able to have a meeting with the President of the United States. And we didn't want to be late to it. Well, I would just suggest, and again, this is not meant to be a manipulative guilt trip, but just a challenge to our thinking. It's a pretty special thing to gather with your church family and to worship your Savior each and every week. Let's make it a priority. And I know, again, I know I'm meddling a little bit, 
But I just want to challenge us in that way, especially because we're launching a 9 a.m. service. I was still at my house this morning at 9, and I was like, I'm supposed to be like preaching right now in three months. This is going to take some getting used to. We're all adjusting our rhythm a little bit. Let's not at that 9 a.m. service be coming in at 925. Why? You miss so many blessings. Sometimes we have some really touching videos or a testimony video of someone getting baptized or a beautiful song like the first one we sang today, Crown Him with Many Crowns, or the choir number. We have some really cool things that, that happen at the beginning of the service, and sometimes by 9.15, 9.20, my heart is already full, and at times I'll see somebody sliding, I'll think, they missed all of that. Man, that's a bummer for them. They're, they're, and, and we're here, I would challenge us as we go to that 9 a.m. for us to be there on time and even early in my life, I try to, early is on time and, and on time is late. I try to live by that. I hate to be late to things. But especially as we move to an earlier time, we're gonna need to be intentional to get into a new rhythm. When you're late, you miss blessings. When you're late, you miss opportunities to be a blessing, to talk to someone. It's this, by the way, you know no matter what time you come to church, it's the same amount of time for you to get ready and to drive here but you just miss the opportunity to get blessings or to be a blessing when you're late. And so I just want to challenge us in that area. And again, anybody that walked in late, I was not keeping tally. I wasn't watching for it. Um, I'm not upset with anyone. I would rather somebody, and there might be good reasons. You say, Pastor Ryan, I'm feeling like dirt right now, and you don't understand. It took everything within me just to get here five minutes late. To that I say, God knows and bless you for being here. But for those of us that it's just kind of a lack of priority on a regular basis, let's think about that and let's change it. Number four, and I'm done. Number four, back to the scripture. Work this year to be a contributor, not a consumer. Do you see at the end of verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There's gonna be some that are starting to forsake gathering with their church. Notice what it says. It says, so here it is, notice, not, so the idea of assembling feels kind of passive, doesn't it? Like we got together, I would call that being a consumer almost. We got together and we were a part of the crowd. So he says here, don't do that, be a part of the crowd, but don't just be a part of the crowd. Don't just assemble. Do you see what it says? He contrasts it. So don't forsake the assembling. Notice what he says in verse 25, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need more exhorters. We need people encouraging more people as the world waxes worse and worse as we see the day approaching. So what does he say? Yes, assemble. Yes, come be a consumer. What I, what I mean by consumer is we're receiving some things, but don't only be a consumer, be a contributor, exhort one another, serve one another, by love serve one another, fellowship with one another, pray with one another, and I want to challenge you in your life with your church, what does a consumer, a Christian consumer looks like? It looks like somebody that shows up, slides into their seat, doesn't talk to anybody, doesn't, listens to preaching and sings, which by the way is all good and then slides out and goes on their way. What does a contributor look like? They come to church and do all of those things, but then on top of that they add, who can I encourage today? And who can I meet today? And how can I serve today? And what can I do to help today? And may I say, that will help this church, but that's not why I'm preaching it to help this church. Here's what I know, it will help you. You will thrive in your Christian life much more when you learn the joy it is more blessed to give than to receive the joy of contributing, giving, 
praying, serving. Yes, assemble. Yes, gather. But do more than just that. Exhort one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I know that many who currently serve in different areas are not able to come to our Sunday morning gatherings. Right now we have many outside serving in different ways. The wonderful thing about this new format is it's gonna make it so that every person in our church can be a part of a Sunday morning worship gathering every Sunday that they're here. And that's my challenge to you, that you would. You wanna thrive this year and grow like never before? Sit in one. And I know that that sit in one sounds kind of passive, but sit in one while then looking to exhort one another. Let's be faithful, not sporadic. As much as we can, let's be in person, not online. Let's be on time, not late. I love you all. And let's be contributors, not consumers. This year, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but let's exhort one another and so much the more. Let's consider one another and provoke one another to love and good works. That's what the church is about. Yes, it's about you growing and you consuming, but it's about you taking what you've learned, the things that you've learned of me, Paul said, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You growing in your spiritual maturity, that what you're receiving, you're now sharing with others, and the joy that comes from seeing somebody you loved and you prayed for and you helped and you blessed is unlike anything else. This year, let's make a commitment to more than ever, with God's help, to sit in one on a weekly basis. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.